0: two of this particular episode, and I'll say that, uh, honestly, it's a good thing that we did not record this on Wednesday night, because all we were going to talk about was the Capitals game, and so many things have happened since that are much better to talk about, and I assume this episode would not have come out until after the Winnipeg game, so we would have missed a whole lot. Mm. Uh, Bad things. Bad things happen, George. Yeah, it's mostly what happens in my life. Have Have you had a bad week? Yeah, I got no power steering in my car. Oh, that's right. You got car problems again. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I've, I'm like the whole yeah, like my whole stereotype is that my car is always broken, and, and yet it seems like you're almost <laughs> even worse. And my car's thirty years old. What's your excuse?
1: Ford's a bad brand. Oh, Ford, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well. Anyway, it's over. It's Friday. The week is over. Hooray. Right. Man, I
1: Here ter- comes another shitty
0: one. Yeah, I had a terrible week. But it's the weekend. It's going to rain and be warm tomorrow. That's good weather for me as far as I'm concerned. I
1: thought it was going to snow. I was actually looking forward to it. Oh, no, 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 no.
0: If it it's... might snow once in, like, February. That's fine, because when
1: it snows, I don't have to go to work.
0: Really? <laughs> she like, does have to go to work. Period? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. School system. Yeah. Yeah, that is a that is a, a benefit of living where, somewhere where people cannot... Handle snow.
1: I mean, I don't know if I'd it all in for the shitty drivers, but, like, you know, it is kind of fun to, to drive down the 24 and see all these cars just left to die, or left to rot on the side expl- of the road.
0: I was trying to explain that phenomenon to someone the other day. I was like, there is, I mean, every time I drive out to Antioch for, to go to the ice rink, I mean, there will be multiple cars pulled over on the side of the road every single time, no matter when it, it is. They're always different, too. I know. If you've ever had to stop on 24, if you're listening to this, and and that applies to you, write it right in and yeah. explain why. Tell us why. <laughs> I just
1: want to know why. The best part is, one time I'm driving down, going to going to coaching uh, practice, and a car pulls up next to me going, like, 65 on the highway, and there's smoke billowing out. <laughs> and, uh, like, that's the one time I'm like, no, you need to pull over. Yeah. <laughs> and all this car kept chugging along. The best part is, like, the woman inside was just like, yep, this is normal. Like... <laughs> Here's my sub.
0: Uh, all right, God. Well, we better talk about it. Obviously, the big news. Ryan Johansson has been suspended two games for high sticking Mark Shifley. And this is a weird one. Uh, I was at the game last night, and I saw, I mean, it could really, the incident could not have happened closer to me from where I was sitting. And to me, it looked like Johansson was kind of. Tangled up with Shifley on the boards, and he twisted to get back into the play, and his stick came down on Shifley's head. So when they said that he, and they gave him a minor, a high sticking minor, and I figured that was that. I even, in real time, I'll admit, I even kind of thought Shifley might have embellished a little bit. It's just how different it looked there, and I, I told you this earlier. You know, I was also at the at the Forsberg VC hit game, and I thought that was silly. And then you watch the replay on TV, and you're like, oh. <laughs> anyway, so I see the, you know, this morning I see that Johansson is having a hearing from the Department of Player Safety, and I was kind of confused. I was like, I, I really didn't even think that it would be reviewable, and then I looked went and looked at the replay, and it looks really bad. Um, I figured the suspension would come down to whether or not they thought it was intentional, and we'll we can we'll debate this, but I, at first I just want to explain their the explanation they gave for the two game suspension. From the Department of Player Safety, quote, While we accept Johansson's assertion that he was not attempting to intentionally strike Shifley in the head, this is not a case where a player is so off-balance or otherwise unable to control his stick that the play can be sufficiently penalized by the on-ice officials. So that's a really ridiculous roundabout way of saying that we don't think Johansson intentionally hit Shifley in the head, but he also probably intentionally hit him with his stick. So it's kind of a puzzling one, and I'll let you give your your take on this suspension and in, in the play. And is Johansson a scumbag? Yada yada. Let's hear. it.
1: I mean, we all know Johansson is a scumbag, but I wouldn't necessarily say he's he's that way on the ice.
0: See, and I've I've almost I you know I used to say that I I would never want to meet Johansson in real life because I think he's probably kind of a jerk. But I don't know. I've kind of come back on that since.
1: Yeah, I mean, his his stance on dogs is kind of nice. Like, right.
0: And he's, I mean, he's right. I mean. But maybe, I mean, so it's interesting because I would think that, like he said, he told uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot uh, Freeman that dogs are unquestionably better than people. And I agree with that. Mm. But I can also understand that that makes me kind of socially challenged. And so I can understand that he would also come off that way. I
1: don't know. It's more the slick back hair at all times. It yeah, really gets me. Sli- That's, yeah, I'm, I'm, that puzzles just, me. The story of, of him and Junior at, in Portland was... Was, you know, I guess traditional, like, top five draft pick in the CHL, but... I I, I don't think this is... This isn't really how he plays. Right. I mean, he's a tough center that gets to the dirty areas of the ice and excels, so there's always going to be dirty parts to his game, but... This isn't, like, in his nature to do something like this. I don't think he's ever been suspended before.
0: No, I don't believe so.
1: And, I mean... When he says that he didn't intend to do this, I believe I'm willing to believe him. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Now, if he had done this before or something like that, then yeah, sure, if he but, had a history, yeah. But, you know, the results are the results. He came down hard on someone's head, and therefore there must be punishment. Just to just to make sure that you're actively promoting safe play in the NHL. And Two games isn't necessarily the end of the world. It sucks, but if this is if this is how they're going to call it for the rest of the season, that's fine by me. Yeah. Now, who knows? Consistency right, has always been an issue, but between this and Eric Carlson's hit earlier this earlier, probably in the last month and a half or so, maybe the Department of Player Safety isn't messing everything up and
0: starting to spin the dice or spin the dice, spin <laughs> the wheel. Uh, and, you know, starting to get a little better, closer to the how it should be. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I'll admit I'm biased. I like. I, I mean, I really like Ryan Johansson. Everyone knows that. Um, I've seen him even last night, as recently as last night. I've actually seen him like skate away from conflict. He's very clearly he to get back into the play. Like he's he's oh, yeah. focused on playing the puck. And when I watch the replay, the worst thing about it is that he's pretty much staring at Shively in the head while he brings his stick down on his head. And I like you. I. I can give him the benefit of the doubt because he's never done something like this, or at least he's never been caught doing something like this before. So I don't know why he would just all of a sudden. And they were they were down one nothing at this point. Yeah, like it wasn't like this was they were getting it was you know it wasn't six one or five one or whatever yet. Um, so he wouldn't you know I don't think the frustration would have gotten to him if that would be an excuse. The only way I've ever I've
1: the only way I've tried to like kind of actualize it or like try to say something you know make an analogy to it. Is have you ever fallen over and like looked at your feet while you've done it? Have you ever tripped and like <laughs> seen what you're doing? It it of happens sometimes. <laughs> some, sometimes you do stupid things because you're off balance, and even though you can see yeah. the issue, doesn't mean that you have total control. Yeah, what goes up must come down. And unfortunately, his stick came down on yeah. Mark Shifley's head.
0: And I will say that he's if I have any criticisms about Johansson's discipline, he's he tends to be kind of fast and Loose with the stick. It, he'll trick people or high stick people not irregularly. So maybe he'll start. I don't know. Keeping the blade on the ice a little more now. And I'll I'll say this. I while it's tempting to defend him and say that he shouldn't be suspended. Even I mean I think it's probably justified anyway. But I've also made it very clear that I think that intent should really not affect. I don't think intent. Lack of intent should excuse an injurious play because I think yeah. if you're going to move forward as a league and try to improve the health and the, especially for regarding head injuries of players you can't just let people get off anymore because they didn't mean to do something they didn't mean to hit somebody or they didn't mean to high stick them the head in, and and I guess Shifley's fine I mean he played the rest of the game and it didn't, didn't seem like he's concussed or anything I'm you know whether or not he is who knows yeah but I think that it's not the way it's traditionally been called, but if the league is serious about trying to make it safer, make the game safer, then they have to start penalizing. They have to start disciplining these these things where maybe the intent's not there, but the result is the same. So I can't. Uh, I have to, you know. I got to be consistent there, and I think that a suspension is probably valid. The thing that bugs me, and I told you I had to turn Twitter off for most of the day, because I just <laughs> all of a sudden every every fan of non of not the Predators, even some Predators fans have decided that Johansson has always been a terrible dirtbag, and this is run of the mill for him. Which, I mean, I get it. Like Nashville, the fan base is very loud, and you know they say you suck at everyone's favorite players, and like I get that you people don't like Nashville. I can understand that, but it is really annoying when. Like Johansson is the one who suddenly is the target of everyone's fury, so that bugged me enough that I had to turn Twitter off. Uh, good, you laughing at the Senators beating the Hurricanes? Yeah, God bless Carolina. Come on, being in—I mean, I—we joke. Well, we like semi-seriously joke about being Carolina Hurricanes fans. If I don't think if they were, I if they do were
1: consistently good in a heartbeat, I'd drop everything for
0: them. <laughs> They're just—I couldn't do it.
1: Oh, right now? Yeah, no.
0: (laughs) For the past, like, five years, they've just been so good but suck at the same time.
1: I've never seen teams lose games while dominating, as they do.
0: Yeah, and they do it on a nightly basis. So maybe they are consistent. They're just consistently inconsistent. (laughs) Ugh. Anyhow, so Hmm. the Winnipeg game, I I had kind of, when we were recording and then had to delete our attempt at recording on Wednesday, I mentioned that no matter, you know, the Capitals game was great, 7-2 victory. And I said it's not going to matter at all if they don't beat Winnipeg because that's what this week is going to be remembered as. I'm sure <laughs> they did not only get beat by Winnipeg; they got stomped by Winnipeg. Yeah. It looked like they were barely, barely hanging on for most of the game, and Rene. Um, I mean, he was fine. I didn't think any of the goals were particularly bad of him to give up. Um, oh, that, I did that notice that first one.
1: That first one was pretty bad. Yeah,
0: but it's Rene tends to give up an easy one in the, like the first period and then kind of shut it down. Well, against the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. And I did think, I did notice that I think the first two or three goals that Winnipeg scored were like that player's fourth goal of the season. Or oh, like yeah. Second goal of the yeah. season. <laughs>
1: Brendan Lemieux. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think that unfortunately the Winnipeg game, and I say unfortunately because obviously in light of the Johansson news, the Winnipeg game really exposed how one dimensional this Nashville team is. They have. And you know, I was watching the game, and, and you see like four the, the second, third, and fourth lines for the forwards rarely even crossed like center ice. They were in the defensive zone the entire time, and then they'd skate off, and the Johansson line would come out, and they'd be in the attacking. They'd be in the offensive zone. And then last night it wasn't really working for them, because um, uh, Connor Hellebuck is a much better goaltender than Phoenix Copley. Who would have thought that? Yeah, so like, suddenly every shot that <clears throat> Harvinson's taking is not a goal, and then they get frustrated. And Anyway, I just think that it's really brutal how one-dimensional this team is because if someone gets injured or perhaps suspended, suddenly the team loses the one dimension it had. So basically, <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> noise the dog is making from the hallway. <laughs> basically it's going to come down to Pecorini, i think over the next couple of games and i've i've talked to people before on twitter about this team and it, i think basically if there's a, a long absence of rene or johansson those are going to be the really key uh pieces that are missing and that i mean saros is actually saros has actually been a much better goalie statistically like m- than oh, rene yeah. in his past several starts
1: and in the last 10 he has like a 9 yeah, like 70 like, Like, he's just... At least at 5-on-5, he's been on fire recently.
0: So that said, it may be that Johansson is actually the... And I know there's a lot of Arvidsson fans and Forsberg fans. I like Arvidsson and Forsberg a lot, believe me. I think that there's a reason that line, in my opinion, is one of the best in the league. And it's not just because of Ryan Johansson, but...
1: Go back and watch Arvidsson's goals. How many does he actually create himself? I mean, and how many are not breakaways? Because those don't necessarily count.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I would have just... I'm sure he had a blast playing Washington. He just had every chance, like on a platter for him, and that wasn't. I mean, uh, I know Ekholm created one of those breakaways, and Johansson created the other. And yeah, you, know, you got to be fast enough to have a breakaway, and so there are things like and that. Then he, but he finishes very well. I mean, he had a his their team's lone goal against Winnipeg. He scored, mm, but he basically had a wide open net. But you know, all he had to do was stand there and not yeah. mess it up. Like, but there are players on that team that would mess it up. So. Again, I'm not really trying to criticize anyone, but I do think that missing Johansson is in, will end up being much more detrimental than missing the others. And I re- that's probably quite controversial, but I don't think it should be. I don't it's, it's just... I mean, it's the age-old thing of, like, the, the contributions of Arvidsson and perhaps Forsberg are very visual, like, mm-hmm. obvious contributions. The goal being scored or the turnover or the breakaway or whatever. And Johansson's role is so much more subtle and yet, so much more important, I think. Yeah. So that's just always going to be a struggle. I
1: think it also gives credence to the whole idea of gravity, where some players, you know, draw more players to him and open up space for others. It's kind of like that old Joe Thorne or Sidney Crosby kind yeah. of aspect to him.
0: And if Johansson maybe would start shooting, then he'd probably draw even more players yeah. to him because they—they're right now everyone knows he's going to pass. Mm-hmm.
1: The good news is that uh, the Predators play the Panthers on uh, Saturday. Tomorrow. Saturday. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, they play them. The Predators or the Panthers on Saturday, and
0: I mean, the Panthers are good. Yep. Yeah. But they're playing as we speak right now. They're playing Toronto and, and looking pretty good. I will say. Yeah, although Toronto
1: is very much not playing well. Yeah. Then they then the Predators are just going to lose a game against the Avalanche on Monday because the game's before six o'clock. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Wow, it's a two. Oh, it's okay, right? Yeah. It's like I don't have that day off. <laughs> All right,
1: well, that'll be nice. Yeah, which luckily the Avalanche are playing so poorly at the moment that yeah. players are falling off benches yelling at the coach.
0: <laughs> did you hear his uh, comments on that? I think McKinnon? I did, yeah. I mean, he's, he's just, McKinnon's just accepting full responsibility for it. was it. super candid. I forgot. <laughs> I think you said that the player, the
1: coach yelled at him to do his job, yeah. and so he yelled back to <laughs> your job.
0: Yeah, he was upset that they didn't pull the goalie earlier, and yeah. He he got into it with the coach there. And, yeah, you got to kind of feel bad for the guy when he fell off the bench. It's like, uh you know. Maybe your point's ruined. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's trying to be really mean and angry, and then he fell off the bench, which, you know. At least, least he to, to, to lift yeah. him up. And props to McKinnon being classy as usual and just accepting blame for it.
1: Just a wonderful person.
0: Yeah. So... Uh, that's kind of the Winnipeg game, at least, specifically talked about. It was a, a really ugly game. Um, and I told—I mentioned this on Twitter. I almost texted you yesterday morning and said, I bet Renee gets chased tonight. I just had a weird feeling about yeah. it. And he didn't get chased, to his credit. But, he probably uh, should have been. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't...
1: No, not like a him thing. Right. It's no, like no, 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 a, no, no, no. hey, man. There's I wonder, no reason
0: to have him in here anymore.
1: I wonder what this means, though, for the future. If and when the Predators meet up with the Jets in the playoffs... Let's say that it goes like last year's, where we're entering a game seven, and Rene hasn't looked all that good. Do you think Rini gets that slack for two goals now, or do you think that that Pierre Laviolette just starts Saros and says, and you know, tries to be done with it?
0: I don't. I still don't think they would start Saros. Yeah. I don't think Laviolette would do that.
1: Now, do you think it's the right move, though?
0: Oh, I think it. I think that you should. Be, I think being a, a coach should be pretty much the most objective position on the team. You should just say, "Okay, goalie A has yeah. had this; these results in this series, probably not going to win us the game unless we change a lot of offensive things." Goalie B has made this. You know, it looks like this in the regular season. You d- just like remove any emotional attachment to the, who's the starter and who and the confidence and whatever. It's the playoffs. You just need to win the game. So I think that if that if the same situation occurs this year where it gets to that late. You know, kind of later in the series against Winnipeg, and it's looking like Hello Bucks a better goalie. I would love to see them try something different, but. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing
1: wrong with starting Saros, but. Yeah. I mean, any, any way you cut it, it kind of comes off as like a slap in the face against Serena. Exactly. And, that's, and then yeah. let, let's say Saros gets in and they lose a 2 to 1 game. People aren't going to blame the Predators, they're going to blame Saros.
0: That's true. Which is unfortunate.
1: It's a nasty situation. Yeah. You could
0: just go win and then, you know nobody has to get in trouble for anything but well, what are you going to do have the Joe Flynn play 30 minutes that night <laughs> that's what I, I was I was mm, just saying not. last night like in the third period I just thought you know I would I would give a lot to have the the Johansson line out there the entire game if I, if they could just figure out some kind <laughs> of physical way to do that cuz that's the only line that was working against Winnipeg and that's not you know unique to that game that's uh, kind of how it goes somewhat regularly yeah Let's talk about defense, though, because a big, big development of the week has been the uh, the line blender attacking the top four defense. And apparently, I didn't actually hear this. I was told that this was said by Laviolette mm-hmm. that he doesn't have rhyme or reason to this decision. He just thought that he should try something different. When I see that he's paired Yossi Suban to get, Yossi and Subban together, and also Ekholm and Ellis. My thought was, okay, Subban typically is facing top-line minutes. He's having the di- most difficult night. He and he and Ekholm are, are having the most difficult assignments, which allows Yossi to go be a basically an attacking defenseman, which is where he's comfortable. So when I see that Yossi and Subban have been paired together, I would assume that Ekholm and Ellis are going to then take the toughest minutes. Because I mean, has not been very involved offensively this year, which is kind of rare for him. He's he's ten he tends his his you know he's got a very good shot from the blue line, which tends to kind of create some damage, and it's been rather muted this year. Although he has obviously missed a lot of time, but apparently, according to Laviolette, there was that there was no real reason for this decision. You know, I can see Laviolette not giving a lot of thought <laughs> to some of his lineup decisions. Well, I will say, so far, I mean, the two games we've had to look at it. And it's kind of been, obviously, two extreme results. But I think it's it's worked out pretty well. The main issue with the defense is still that third pairing.
1: is just brutal. Subban still has 18 points in 30 games. Yeah. So, you know... Him, quote-unquote, not being involved is still very, very good. still going to have 40 points in a 60-season yeah. league. Or 60-season 60 season. 60-game season. 60-season 60 60 game game season. 60-season yeah. ah. 60 season, 60 season. Season, season, yeah.
0: So... I know what I said. Again, very small sample size. Basically two games of these lines, of these pairings being together. And uh, Subban and Yossi have kind of been off to the races. They're pretty much positive in every possession category.
1: Um, I mean, that's what happens when you put a top three defenseman with a top 20 defenseman.
0: Right. It's, yeah. It, the results are not unexpected. The, the problem is, is when you kind of bundle those together, you wonder about who's how the other, you know, the rest of the defense is gonna shape up. Cool. And they're doing all this they're they're again, they're pretty much have the lead in every every shot attempt category and scoring chance category and those sorts of things. And they're only starting in the offensive zone thirty eight percent of the time. So they're getting a very defensive workload. That said, I think that um I actually didn't look at the opponents for the Winnipeg game, but against Washington Eckholm and Ellis were facing the top line, the Backstrom line for Washington. Which
1: I guess that's just how much they trust Eckholm,
0: right? And there's th- so it's interesting. Eckholm and Ellis are starting in the offensive zone, almost ten percent more than uh, Subban and Yossi, and they're really benefiting from better goaltending and better shooting. The PDO is twenty <laughs> percent higher <laughs> than Subban and Yossi. So uh, yeah, somewhere in the middle. I guess is where these t- these two will meet but I think it's a good idea um I've the defense has not looked great this year so I think there's nothing wrong with trying something different the problem is is that the as I mentioned the third pairing is still a just a gaping weakness and you can't play your top 4 for 60 minutes no. they've got to have 10 minutes at least of of the bottom two so
1: and I do I generally do like Dan Hamus, but... Right. I mean, teams are now targeting the right side and targeting Yannick Weber as his own entry option, which, that's good coaching. That's good strategy. Yeah. That's, that's making the best of what you have. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll, nothing's going to change. Weber's too good of a person in the room, I guess.
0: I guess so. I, don't, I mean, he's... Basically, the the reason Weber has been a consistent member of this lineup is because he's right-handed. Yeah. He, I think... Skill wise and impact wise, he's you know I'd say he's better than Erwin or Batetto, but then the right-handed I don't
1: really I don't I think he's definitely better than bateto but yeah. I yeah, don't Irwin's necessarily think he's that much better than, than Weber or than Erwin rather, to yeah. to create a difference. Mostly just the right handedness part. Right.
0: So we've I mean we talked last our last episode we talked about Gudis getting around Gudis. Which would just be so his name is not even in the conversation for players that this team is after. Oh, and can I please just, I'll just set the record straight. If you think that Fiala and Simmons should be swapped. Oh boy. Just, I, I don't know. I mean, watch some more games, I guess is what I could tell you.
1: I feel like these people haven't watched Simmons. I don't how think, he, how yeah. he plays, I think like,
0: people just get certain people. I mean, there's a lot of people that are well-informed that I have very good discussions with, but there's a lot of people who just kind of pick up on a name being thrown around. And then they assume that that's a good idea. Wayne Simmons is that guy. And which, I guess we Don't get it heard... wrong.
1: He'd be really good on the Predators, yeah, I feel I, like, but... There's a reason
0: that he's been kind of brought up as a good match for the team, and that's basically his... his he just makes his living in front of the net, and, you know, and getting a goalie, goalie screen and tipping shots. On the power play. But right. I, but... what's Nashville... <laughs> yeah. but, you we know, can use some help on the power play. That's fine. Like, we can...
1: You know, what are they going to do? Actually move the puck to him in, in the front of the net? No, 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 no. We...
0: No. 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 We've got to take a shot from as far in the corner of the blue line as possible. So the thing is, with it's okay. So Nashville's in an interesting position because I, they're, they're a cup contender, I would still say, even though this season they've been kind of up and down and injuries, I think, are still quite a factor. But they're a cup contender, which means that they can afford to make some riskier moves with the roster, including sacrifice developing players for who's good right now. So in that sense, I can see why Fiala being moved is kind of a talking point. He's 22 years old. He's not having a very good year. He's about to get more expensive. There's all these different factors. And the main thing is that he's probably the most valuable roster player right now that Nashville is willing to deal. Um, so I can understand why his name is getting in this conversation. But I really am not comfortable, even, if, even with the position Nashville's in right now, I'm really not comfortable trading Fiala for a rental. I think if you're going to if you're going to move Fiala, you I would like to get someone that you can then you know sign to a longer deal and then in that case I'd want someone who's obviously going to be a good fit over a, a few years instead of just this the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. And the the thing is, is that Simmons is also going to want term and I don't necessarily love the idea of giving term to someone whose body is actively breaking down in front of the net.
0: Yeah. Like that's a tough. The power I mean, forward is a tough role.
1: I love the the whole idea of power
0: forwards, but they're not. That's not a design that lasts no, for a long time. It's a halfback in the NFL. It's yeah. Their body's going to take a beating, so it's just inevitable that it starts to break down. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I I don't think that
1: Simmons has the tools to kind of change his game and become a player that doesn't have to re- rely on getting to the hard areas of the ice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because. Johansson goes to the tough areas, but with the way that he plays, he doesn't necessarily take a beating all that much. Right. So it's it's a little bit different. Whereas Simmons' job is basically to rough people up in front of the net and be a pain in the ass for yeah. for goalies and for defensemen.
0: Yes, Johansson doesn't really get hit very much. No. If you think about it. He's he tends to be very you know, he's very strong on the puck, so you have to really hit him quite hard to get a you know to yeah. get him down. So the other names that have been mentioned though in this Fiala conversation are I think Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne, which I both of which I would be much happier. Oh yeah. Absolutely moving. Insane. Uh unfortunately it sounds like Duchesne has for whatever reason he seems to be really committed to this Ottawa team that's just sinking further and further down. Mark Stone I don't know much about his opinion of his team and his situation. Um but uh I don't know. What are your thoughts there? I know that you'd you'd certainly appreciate having either of those guys in Nashville. Oh,
1: yeah, I mean, Matt Duchenne is who I originally wanted them to trade for in the tourists. And I would have rather they'd just given up a first, second, and Sam Girard. Which.
0: Yeah, because you think I, about, I mean, what did that first amount to? It was Ryan Hartman, who's currently playing like eight minutes a night. Yeah. So. Which, no fault to his own. I think right, he's exactly. a better player than no, his no criticism to Hartman himself, but when you think about how they're using the asset that they hung on to by getting tourists So do Duchesne, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mark
1: Stone is probably the best defensive forward not named Patrice Bergeron. Wow. Yeah, and I, even then, I'm kind of going back and forth on him and Patrice Bergeron. Like, Mark Stone's really good. He's the best defensive forward we've had since uh, since Marion Hosa played.
0: Colton Sissons to see if it,
1: <laughs> see if it that conversation have, have you, but have you thought of Austin, Austin Watson oh jeez. Oh. oh you know who I like Michael Furland
0: <laughs> yeah, you and you and pretty much 30 other fan bases <laughs> like Michael Furland a whole lot
1: <laughs> I mean if you can beat addiction and you can beat Austin Watson he's okay by me <laughs>
0: oh, geez not gonna make many fans with tonight's episode yeah
1: I actually, I had, in my five thoughts, which hasn't been posted yet because our fearless leader is off doing other things. Yes. I I talk about how I actually enjoy watching Tom Wilson play when he's not hurting people. Yeah. He's he's a really good player. And, and he it, seems to. Have, which sucks. It's like the Brad Marchand Sh- Yeah, Like. Right. I want to like these guys.
0: Let me like you. Yeah. Stop licking people. Stop decapitating people. Of course, Johansson now is the re- most recent decapitator. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I agree with you about uh, about Tom Wilson. He's like, he's just such a force. It's, he's one of those guys that you always notice when he's on the ice.
1: Yeah, I think, and Merrick had a good point to it where, or maybe it was Friedman, but it was on 31 Thoughts where yeah. they, they talked about how there's a market inefficiency for guys like that. Right, yeah, 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 Now guys are going to start selling themselves as, you know, awesome, or, uh, Tom Wilson insurance. Yeah. Which, I mean... We know that if there's one player on the on the Predators that's not Austin Watt or <laughs> yeah, ready oh, to slip. <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, you know, I wonder if we're gonna see more of that in the NHL. Not not maybe not fighters, but guys that can at least respond yeah. to our stuff.
0: I will say too that uh, Tom Wilson, several weeks ago had the opportunity to literally kill Sebastian Aho <laughs> around the back of the net and he totally sidestepped the hit. So I think he's sick of losing money, basically, (laughs) and sitting on the bench. So maybe the DOPS has finally, finally gotten through to him after however many games he's missed. It only took six six suspensions. No, but that was honestly like my jaw dropped when I saw that because it was like, poor Aho's, you know, coming around the bench or around the goal with his head down, and then you see who's coming at him, and it's Tom Wilson. He's like, no, 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 and then Wilson, you just see him; he just like totally gives up on the hit. Because I think it probably would have been clean. It would have been <laughs> he's he's just, he's not taking murderous, excuses. but I, yeah, he's just done with. So if if Tom Wilson is no longer a dirtbag, then yeah. I can fully support him as a hockey player.
1: Yeah, maybe not for $5.25 million a year, no, but, I don't, I don't but yeah. What are you going to do?
0: He's not the only overpaid player in the league by any stretch. Ryan Johansson. Don't even, don't even. That's a bad <laughs> I swear joke. To God. You know how many times I hear that, not jokingly, every day. I can imagine. I wrote an article about it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> how many times I, I heard feel that? I like you've
1: written multiple about it. Like <laughs> at least once, once, per once year. a month,
0: I'll feel like I'll be like, I should write another Joe Hanson article. He's just underappreciated. Ugh. What's Let's t- okay. So I do want to talk not about Austin Watson, but about what Austin Watson could be replaced by on this quote-unquote shutdown line. And, uh, the f- well, oh, my gosh. Hockey is my drug, and the Leafs are my dealer. Oh, it's Manny. Of course it is. <laughs> sorry. Anyhow. Sorry, I don't even want to talk about the third line, this the quote-unquote shutdown line. I want to talk about the fourth line. Because the third line is basically getting used as a shutdown line, and it's getting embarrassed. Um, although, okay, so this was really puzzling. Predlines, our former employer, you know, they, t- they tweeted at me, a couple of mornings ago, because I'm, you and I are somewhat notorious for kind of shitting on Nick Benino. If that's what I have to be known as, I will have. Yeah. I mean, that no, it could be worse. Kelly, you're <laughs> <and Benito laughs> on crook lover. So yeah. he pointed out that, um, among active centers with at least 500 minutes time on ice, Nick Benino is second only to Sidney Crosby in essentially plus minus. Now we don't really pay attention to plus minus. It's a, it's a loaded stat. It, it lacks any context you could possibly put into it. And he cited goals for percentage, which is just a different way of saying plus minus. Yes. I don't want to, I just don't want to misquote him. But then he pointed. so I figured, okay, that's done and dusted. I, I can ignore plus minus. Then he did point out that he's actually, in terms of his high danger chance for percentage, I believe he's up there as well. He's not, in, I don't think he's the second best in the league, but he's up in that kind of conversation. Just among centers or like... Yes, among centers. Okay. And so then I looked into it, and what I found is this is among forwards. All NHL forwards with at least 500 minutes of time on ice, which I think when I looked was about 350 players. And Nick Bonino is allowing the second fewest high-danger chances against and producing like the 200-something most. (laughs) So basically what's happening when he's on the ice is nothing, which is not a bad thing because he's a shutdown... I mean, that third line is a shutdown line. The problem is, is when I did my little data manipulation to try to figure out, like, individual players, how each individual is affecting the team, I find that uh, Austin Watson, who tends to play with Nick Benino on that third line, is, like, atrociously bad. And he's getting matched against pretty strong competition. So, that said, uh, what is... I mean, at this point, with... Without really preparing, how would you organize this third line? If if you're gonna have the third line be the shutdown line, oh, if I have to have I mean, be it be a shutdown line, because um, I get, I mean, it, basically the the weird thing is like the shutdown line is right now is Johansson because they're. They're facing the strongest competition and also being the best line on the team. Yeah. Which, that's fine. That, that's an okay option. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. But the, the thing is, is that somebody's got to face the second strongest competition, which is where the team is really struggling mm-hmm. right now, because they really only have one solid forward line. I guess what I would do is have, and this is
1: assuming everyone is healthy, which yeah, is pretty right. of I mean, that's, Yeah. So you Because Turris is out. Yeah. You have Jofa. Second line is Fiala, Smith, and Turris. I don't really see how you can get around to that. Yeah. Third line, which would not be a shutdown line, but just a line I would feel confident sending out against the other team would probably be Jarncroke, uh Hartman, and Colton Sissons. Yeah, that's what I would say. And I think that's pretty fair. Colton Sissons has had his best year ever, and I don't necessarily know how you know reproducible the numbers are. Yeah. But strike while the iron's hot, and if he's playing that well, let him keep playing that well. Yeah. I don't think that Nick Benino is a better center than Cal Yernkirk or Colton Sissons. And quite frankly, I feel fine letting those two go out on the ice with each other as, you know, defensive partners. I think they're pretty solid in both ends of the ice. yernkirk yeah. has been unlucky this season and hasn't been great offensively, but maybe, maybe a little bit of Ryan Hartman, maybe a little bit of Colton Sissons is what it
0: takes to kind of get him going. I think that's what I would have to come up with. I look at, you know, like the bottom six and I'm, kind of at a loss for how everyone's performed this season because yeah. I'm a big you and I are big Kelly Yarnkirk fans but this year he's not had a good year no. Sissons has had a good year Hartman is not really but he's being in my opinion completely misutilized it's not his fault right and so that okay so if we're accepting then that the, the third line should be Yarnkirk, Sissons, Hartman okay then you've got a fourth line you've got three more guys you've got to put out there Nick Bonino in the fourth line
1: like I don't mind that at all uh, God, I just—I
0: guess Mika Salamaki I—I
1: I don't really. Then Rocco Grimaldi.
0: I think yeah, I think Grimaldi has done enough. I mean, he's—I don't think there's any way you can scratch Grimaldi for. I mean, Ronaldo or yeah. I mean, that's kind of your other option there is Zach Ronaldo, who's just been. I mean, really should not even have a contract with this team for how he's performed in his limited time. But what about the one the one person that we're leaving
1: off? The one who really matters, the big hitter, the guy that goes out and plays the penalty kill. Awesome. Phil
0: <laughs> He's Phil <D>. <laughs> yeah. now, uh Milwaukee Admiral Phil Djusepy. That was such a short little experiment yeah. with him. Which hey, I mean, three games it's fine.
1: Yeah. He put up over fifty three percent Corsi, Um forty seven well, percent scoring uh yeah. scoring. No, I don't think he share. played well. He was pretty invisible, in my opinion. I mean, he gave up... He was on the ace for one goal against and no four, like...
0: I just don't understand. Yeah. Like, if if you just run out of... Con- you know, you need to have a certain number of players on the roster. Just wave... Wave Ronaldo.
1: Yeah. I mean, are you really going to miss... I, do you think... Because is he going to play over, you know, uh, Mika Salamaki or Grimaldi in the playoffs? And, you yeah. do you think he's going to be better than Ellie Tolvin or Anthony Richard?
0: No, or Richard. I don't. Richard. Richard's, Richard. was actually really, really bad in his. I think he played like one or two games.
1: Played one game. Had seven minutes of ice time. Thirty-eight Corsi. Yeah. <laughs> one goal. One goal against. Two scoring chances against. One yeah. high danger chance against. None for. Yeah.
0: Yeah, his seven minutes of NHL this year would not be great.
1: Come, I'm sure he'll be fine next
0: year. Okay, so you're saying on that th- on that fourth line, then you have basically Grimaldi as your right winger. Yeah. Okay, so you're leaving Austin Watson out completely out of this equation. Yes. Yeah, now, it's fine. What are you talking about if, like, Could, objectively hockey speaking? Objectively
1: hockey speaking, I would not mind it if Austin Watson was on the was not on the lineup. He's shown that he's not really useful in a enforcer role. And, since he lost two fights yes. in the last week. He doesn't really provide that much grit. His forward checking is easily reproducible. The team has a very good penalty kill without him. I mean, Forsberg and Arvidson is very good. I'm, I'm sorry, Johansson and Arvidsson very good as a first unit. Then Colton Sissons and Kyle Jernkrop are really good. And if that doesn't work, Nick Bonino does serve a pretty decent purpose on, as a you know as yeah. an option there. And on top of that, I wouldn't necessarily hate seeing Migas Mackie or Freddie Goudreau going out there. But hey, send Philip Forsberg out there too if you want. He does everything.
0: I think he. I think they. I think that those three, Forsberg, Giants, and Arvidsson, all were together on a penalty kill at some point last night. Didn't I swear it was like really bizarre, but it were. I mean, I think they created a turnover and then a scoring chance. So it's. I mean, that's what you're banking on. Here, the thing about Watson for me is, I. I mean, he's been really bad this year. There's just. There's no way to, tiptoe around that. He has played tough minutes, so I think that before just firing him into the sun, perhaps you could try him on that fourth line role against weaker competition and just see the problem. I mean, he has some, he has some attacking ability, but he's so quick to dump the puck, which is really, I mean, the whole bottom, you know, the bottom six is guilty of that, but like Watson, I mean, since he's a bigger guy and likes to hit people, he's basically just going to dump the puck into the boards and then chase after the hit to try to create the chance. And, when you play it like, when you play a team that's, I don't know, one of the better teams in the league like a Winnipeg, it just doesn't work, and you can see it not working. But he's just gotten this reputation as a great defensive forward, and it's it's not working this year. So I anyway, I'd be willing so to try Watson in a deeper role. I'm gonna throw some stats at you. Oh quick. please, from, yeah. from from the wonderful Corsica and Man and Manny Elk. Citing your sources, unlike apparently the trend nowadays, is yeah. these people are getting in trouble for not citing their stats. All right, Good. go ahead.
1: Uh, Austin Watson, in how many games, 30 games that he has, he's been on the ice for 12 goals and has been on, or 4 and 12 goals, and 11 goals against. So 12 goals for, 11 goals against. What do you think his expected goals for is? 6? <laughs> 10.61. Okay. So that's pretty, that's pretty yeah, reasonable. That's pretty, um, I mean, if you're within .5, like, that's probably not a mistake. Yeah. Now, I want you to guess how many... <laughs> He's expected to be on for against.
0: It's gotta be. It's gotta be at least eighteen.
1: <laughs> it's not. It's not that bad. Okay. Okay. It is fifteen point four nine. So he's been getting pretty lucky, which I feel like that's for the most for most of the Preds. That's still, but like that's over five more goals than than yeah. than what's expected. It's just a little bit brutal. I don't see his war numbers right now, but I know that he consistently ranks negative. Yeah. Mostly what he does well is penalty killing, and even then I don't see that as this great thing.
0: Well, you just got to ask yourself if that's... If if one player with upside on a penalty kill is worth the roster spot, I mean, that's what it's going to come down to. He's just... I I'm, I'm, I swear I'm not just trying to like gang up on him because it's easy, but... I just have not seen anything dangerous from him offensively. He had, I don't know, this was, I, and I'll, I won't be, I'm, I won't shy away from saying this, but, like, my, one of the most ridiculous things I think Adam Vingen tweeted this year was that he had scored six goals since returning, you know, from his suspension in, like, five games. Three mm. of them were empty net. Yeah. It's like, and he didn't even mention that. <laughs> like, he's not exactly creating the chances and he's letting I mean, like you mentioned, he's getting very lucky. He's basically getting bailed out by goaltending yeah. defensively. So I I again I'd give him maybe a few more games on the fourth line and if he's proves that he can contribute there, sure, but the minutes they're giving him, he's just getting swallowed up. So yeah, the Austin Watson experiment this year has been really bizarre. I just don't understand. I mean, this is a guy who's best season ever was 19
1: points like i don't really think i don't know i'd i'd rather have a skilled guy like Grimaldi and even then i'm not even a fan of Grimaldi i don't really like him all that much
0: i think i mean when you're talk to me when you're talking about fourth line do you have upside is what it comes down to for yeah, me are just- you a liability on the defense and do you have attacking upside okay then you're rosterable and i think Grimaldi checks those boxes i mean he doesn't do much defensively but they're not like a, a glaring right. hole. You throw Nick Benino
1: out there or Kelly Arncroft versus Colton Sissons and he'll be fine. Yeah.
0: It's not It's not that bad. Right. He's a depth winger. He's not supposed to be a great shutdown player. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but, I mean, none of this matters because, as we've pointed out, this is a completely one-dimensional offense right now. Yeah. It's, it is the first line or nothing. And that's... I'm going to find... You know, when I... God forbid Nashville gets eliminated by Winnipeg in round two this year... I'm gonna go find that guy's comment on Facebook where he made fun of me and said I I was using a crystal ball because that's what I said. They lost to the Devils like months ago, and I said I still am seeing the same team that was here last year, and we know how that ended, and it wasn't a fluke. That's how it should have ended, and I got made fun of for predicting things way ahead. But I mean, they've they've announced like they've publicly, well, yeah, but maybe not for that. Like, they've admitted publicly that they don't want to change anything, that they like the team they have. And, and right now, I mean, it's they're still living and dying by line one and pecorino or UC Saros. And, I mean, if if the goaltenders, and we all know that the cup, the Stanley Cup is won by the best goaltender, so maybe they still have a shot there, but they got to do something. I mean, and, and if David Poyle's claiming that the Winnipeg game was his you know, measuring stick for should they trade, make a trade, or pick someone else up? I mean, you got your answer. They got crushed. But what happens if they have Kyle
1: Turris? I think he makes up those four goals pretty easily. No, he- <laughs>
0: you're triggering me, man.
1: You hey, These jokes. I don't, I don't like Kyle Turris either, man. I think I, I dislike Kyle Turris more than you do. Yeah, you definitely do. God, I really dislike that guy. Because I still, I mean, I'm sure I just, he's a wonderful
0: person, but yeah, I think he's probably one of the nicer guys on the team.
1: I don't trust any, I don't trust forwards that played in the BCHL or the AJHL. I don't trust forwards that didn't play in the, in the CHL or through the USHL in college. I don't know why. You don't like the Q? No, the, the Q is CHL is the, the Q, oh, see, is see, the, see, Q the O, okay. and the W. But they play through like the Alberta Junior Hockey League and the yeah. British Columbian Hockey League. And who's the best player to ever come out of the British Columbian Hockey League? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. Matt Irwin. Seriously, most games for a player that has come out of the British Columbian Hockey League. Props. I always knew Matt Irwin was special. special. <laughs> Which no, no disrespect. I mean, Matt, Matt Irwin's played for like eight or nine years down in the NHL. Yeah, like, he's made a career out of it. Like, mostly by you know, going to one team or one, going to a team one year and being yeah. be like, oh, he sucks, and then he goes to another team, and, oh, he sucks, and then going to another team. And, yeah. Hey, look at that. He didn't get better at the age of twenty nine.
0: Man, this has been like your probably your favorite episode ever, because you just get right, to bitch and moan, bitch about and moan about the team every like the whole hour has just been you complaining. It's honestly this is what I wish every podcast is like. <laughs> I just want somewhere to bitch a moan. But it's uh I don't know how you can delude yourself though. It's the four I mean it's it's to me, like the defense yeah. is fine. It's just the forwards. Man. Yeah. I mean, they don't. They're not. They don't have the depth that they've been praised for having for so long. Yeah. Where did that? Where did that go?
1: All the players well, have great depth. Like, well, y- you have great depth when everyone's healthy. but right. That's not the point of depth. Right. Right. <laughs> the point of depth is to survive injuries and continue producing. It's like saying the Titanic. Like, oh, we have great lifeboats. It's <laughs> easy to say you have great lifeboats
0: when you don't need the lifeboats. <laughs> Solid analogy. Thank you. And now we play "My Heart Will Go On" <laughs> <previous>. <laughs> the The recorded version.
1: Oh. Uh, if I was if I was a decent sound engineer, I'd definitely put yeah. that in. Well, I th- the
0: the I think where the depth myth came from was the fact that the top six was producing so well for a good chunk of last year. No, oh, last year. Last year. Yeah, I I'm saying this year the second line is completely dried up, and the first line has been injured. So. Except for Kevin Pelton. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Kevin Fiala is like he's suffering from the Johansson thing, where he every all of his very valuable contributions are so subtle, <laughs> and then his you know turnover at center ice is so visible, and he's just you know everyone's just decided that he's like the weak link, which is just
1: ridiculous. I have this fun little article coming out whenever my editor likes to put it out. Yeah, and whenever it's on. he
0: gets back from his vacation, yeah, he's not on vacation. He's, he's, working, he's working, but he's working. still. Yeah, but I can give to yeah. him more
1: time. Yeah. Uh, I have this wonderful article about who's clutch in the NHL, and I have this very long title for it, which is undoubtedly going to change. But the whole article examines who's actually scoring when the Predators are down by one or tied, and how that like how that works with our preconceived ideas and biases. And I put out a poll, and I the, the question was, who would you say scores the most points for 60 in all strengths when trailing by goal? Basically, who's scoring points with the ice time that that they have the most when the Predators are down by one. And I gave four options. Ryan Johansson, Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, or Kevin Fiala. Philip Forsberg won with 52%, which I think he was like number five or number four, so it's not too far off. Johansson was like three. Yossi was two, if I remember correctly. But Kevin Fiala, little Kevin Fiala who got 11% of the votes was, you know... is the winner. Yeah. I think it's only... Forty yeah, votes out of the three hundred and ninety-five. I yeah, think it's about right.
0: Yeah, and I'm not a stats guy. You posted this poll and the on the 4 Check posted some poll about should we trade Fiala And it's like recency bias is a hell of a drug right now. I mean it's not even recency bias. It's just people
1: I'd say it's almost the opposite, where he had a bad ten games to start the season and everyone wrote it off like wrote it off. It was like, Yeah, you're yeah, he's gonna be Recency bias is season. not
0: the right way to say it, but like he's he's in the quote unquote hot seat right now, so it's easy yeah. to like you know,
1: it's just, but he doesn't, he
0: doesn't deserve it.
1: And no, I, I, again, guys like, guys like it. Nick Benino and Cali Croak and Austin Watson deserve it. Guys, I mean, when Kyle Turris plays, he deserves it, but it's hard to give him heck. Yeah. Or give him hell. Like, give him heck. Give him heck. <laughs>
0: this is a Christian. I'm trying try to, i to, to tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I got, I got, I got health because I said holy moly. I said holy Moses. And so I was like, oh, you're not Christian. And I was like, Wow. Excuse me for not trying to curse around kids. Yeah. I already got yelled at once for, once for that.
0: That's, Holy I mean, babies. my biggest my biggest struggle on a daily basis in terms of, like, hockey blogging is people hating the wrong guys. Yeah. Like, there are there are scapegoats that are valid, yeah. but everyone picks the wrong freaking ones.
1: Yeah. Instead of blaming Fiella for those turnovers, maybe blame the other two players on his line because they can't actually, yeah. like, support him or carry a puck into the offensive zone. Well, that's
0: what I... I Somebody I don't. I wish I remember who said it. Said you know when uh, Fiala and Yarnkoker are your are your players the furthest back players, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. It's like yeah, it's Fiala had a bad turnover, and then I mean that was the, the goal that they scored off of that. Like it wasn't immediate. They it, it the goal came maybe thirty seconds after the turnover. But Fiala was clearly kind of rattled and just like was desperately trying to get the puck back. And it was he probably should have calmed down and just played defense, but. Yeah. Well, that stuff does happen when you're twenty two. Exactly. In the NHL, he's developing. This is what the team. This is what everyone wanted was developing scoring wingers, which is what they have right now. And suddenly, nope, he's, he's gone. He's the mistake. God. Get him
1: out of there. He only had I think he's only on pace for fifty points a season, which would be his career best. Yeah. So you know, screw that only guy. that,
0: yeah. Man, this was always going to be a really negative episode though, because like I just I got home today in the worst mood. Oh. I was like, man, this part. I'm just gonna complain yeah. this entire time which
1: is exactly what happened
0: and you're always down to complain, so usually it's me kind of trying to keep it positive but <laughs> not today everything's doom and gloom today yeah good but they get to play I get to see uh get to see uh Barkov yeah Barkov oh, yeah. I was thinking Dadnov. yeah I get to see Barkov and oh, Dadenov really Dadenov's good too yeah I'm, I'm not hating on daddy tomorrow who's do you know who the Panthers backup goalie is
1: James Reimer I think okay Optimus Prime.
0: They've got Luongo in it. That's a tough back to back for Florida. Yeah. <laughs> it's Toronto and the Nashville back to back. I guess. I, don't know. I mean, both teams are pretty struggling. Sort of. <laughs> Let's check in and see how that game's going. Actually, I and see how many points Ottawa beat uh, the, the Hurricanes by. I'd rather not look. <laughs>
1: nope, three one for the Panthers with ten seconds left. Oh. Oh, baby.
0: They're gonna. If they get four points out of this back to back. I'll be shocked. All eyes on the Panthers. All eyes on South Beach. <laughs> The real team of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the Leafs, uh, they, they beat yeah. uh, Tampa, right? Tampa, yeah. So, which, I mean, pretty similar. you know,
1: that happens. Yes. Tampa loses. They have to lose eventually. Right. It's just, it's just math.
0: Ah, they, they were the, the first team in NHL history to win 34 of their first 44 games. Unbelievable, Tampa. So that's why none of this matters, because mm. it's just who gets to lose to Tampa at the Cup <laughs> Final assuming everyone's healthy yeah well all right I've, I've made my piece I've complained about all the players I need to complain about see where we're at for time I haven't complained oh, enough about Pierre Laviolette, but I usually give it to him so and uh, Kevin McCarthy yeah that power play's bad I, w- I had a, I had high hopes because on I, I mentioned this on our never to be aired 15 minutes of recording on Wednesday that they I think they have made some adjustments to at least one of those power play units and it looked good against Washington. Oh, the second one, yeah, with the the load to, to mid. Yes, the they get a guy behind the red the the goal line and try to get the pass into the slot, which is great. That's what they should be doing. But the 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 first unit doesn't seem to be doing that. They're still doing the perimeter passing and waiting for the perfect shot lane, which never happens because they pass at a glacial pace. Yeah, and then the Winnipeg, I mean, the power play was as useless as ever. They start you know they I think they at the end of the first period they they drew a penalty with like 12 seconds left so it was like okay they basically get an entire power play to start the second period and it was one of those where it was like nope it you blinked and you missed it like it was as soon as the period started it felt like it was over the power play was over because it was just completely ineffective because they're just <sighs> forsberg was really frustrated last night I saw him I think after coming off his last shift because he had a pretty decent chance for a shot, yeah. and you kind of flubbed it, and he, you know, he was obviously, he kind of slammed the door, and he was pissed. I think Forsberg, when he's not, when he's not scoring, he, he tries to find the perfect shot, and really, like, what you should do if you're having trouble scoring is just, just start to throwing net. everything in net. The Craig Smith model. Exactly. Just try to get an ugly goal with a lot of traffic or whatever. and whatever, and Forsberg is like, I mean, he's skilled enough that sometimes it pays off, but... When you just wait forever to try to find that perfect shot like they do on the power play. A team like Winnipeg just eats it up. Yeah. So. All right. Do we have any other questions we had to answer? Uh, I don't know. Brian was supposed to send us a bunch, and then he never got around to it. Mm. So if you're listening to this, Brian, shame on you. I mm. guess you are listening to this. For shame. For shame. Uh, Corey, uh, J. Corey Francis, our former Predlines editor, wanted to know about Ryan Ellis. And I will say this about Ryan Ellis. I won't get super... I have, like, a table. Not I won't get super it? into it. He's not playing as badly as you might think in terms of his performance. Like, I compared his current season to past two. He's slightly worse in all the categories, but he's... I don't know. Some He he looks worse than he is, in my opinion. And yeah. now that he's paired at that goal, I think it's going to be just fine. Yeah, nice little steadying presence. He doesn't yeah. have
1: to worry about basically going, roaming up the ice right. every ten
0: seconds. Exactly. So... I I would say go easy on Ellis. Again, I it's easy to when the team is struggling to really blame like the headline players, but I don't think that's where this team's problems are right now, defensive or offensively. It's it's a you know, like the bottom nine forwards are the are an issue right now, and really only like seven or eight of them. They were not named Smith or Fiala, right? Smith's just
1: being Smith all the time. Yeah. like it's hard to get mad at him. Like this is who he is. This is he's this is gonna, what
0: he does. He's gonna shoot the puck from everywhere yeah. except last night he had a two-on-one this was hilarious oh, he just because best. you just you love like you know when the team's already struggling and people are mad like you love when, like when Fiala has a turnover at center ice you're just like you're not doing yourself any favors right now so Smith skates in with I assume it was Fiala it was you know it was a two-on-one and he tries to do like some fancy saucer pass the last second and it gets blocked by the defenseman who had been on his stomach for like you know five seconds and so, it, rather than taking a pretty nice like open shot, and then like 10 seconds later, they're back in the zone and another two-on-one, two, for, two on one, and he shoots from the blue line. <laughs> it's like, dude, you shoot. like, ugh, Flip those. Yeah. Flip your approach to that situation. yeah. So, but I don't think that like Ryan Ellis is to blame. I don't think Kevin Fiala or Ryan Ellis or any of these bigger names are remotely responsible for what's going on right now. Yes, they're underperforming. Well, Fiala, maybe not. Uh, if this is underperforming for Fiala, then that's a very, very good reason to keep him around. Yeah. Um, but Ellis is... I was surprised that Ellis has not been quite as bad as maybe he's looked. Um, and I don't think that... I don't know. I don't buy really into the contract thing. I don't know how much a player thinks about their contract situation on the ice. I imagine I it's very little. I don't think he's like, I made it. Yeah. Now it's time to yeah, relax. Yeah, it's time to chill. Which Johansson got accused of too, which I think it's just... I, I think when you're on the ice... It's the same reason I don't buy into the enforcer policy. It's like I'm not I don't think you're gonna change the way you've played the game your entire life because of this particular factor that's suddenly in it. So I don't think Ellis is laughing on the way to the bank and thinking he's not gonna play anymore. Um which I don't I know. I don't know if anyone's really suggesting that, but it's it's, you know, maybe worth mentioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the the, uh, the questions. And Brian, again, shame. For shame. Shame. You got me all excited about these questions you were going to ask, and then, oh, well, you're lost. You don't get to hear our expert opinions on whatever it was going to be. All Uh, right. Should we uh,
1: start the show off properly? Yeah,
0: we should. Uh, You're listening to Between the Fangs, uh, a production of Penalty Box Radio, (laughs) where we talk about predators, uh, the natural predators, particularly through an analytics lens. Although a lot of the episodes are much like today, of just kind of complaining about general trends. Although no, we do use stats to back them up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I, I mean, try not to have any like gut feelings affect how I feel about players. I was even objective about Austin Watson, which is very difficult for me. Shocking. Anyway, yes, thank you very much for listening. And, uh, George, why don't you uh, plug your stuff? It's inappropriate. Ridiculous.
1: Find <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> buy me at buy belly Box Radio. Uh, I should have two articles coming out relatively soon one on who's clutch and who's not not really who's not more just highlighting the good I'm trying not to be so negative <laughs> uh, if
0: we had a, a what's, what's the word I'm looking for I don't know man oh man we all sit around in a circle and tell people tell someone you love them and how their <laughs> habits are hurting you intervention yes <laughs> My Lord, all right, gotta stop uh, me being so negative.
1: All right, uh, find me on penalty box radio, otherwise, find me on Twitter at georgem1019. If you want to get into a long conversation with me on Twitter, well, that's fine, I, I probably got nothing going on.
0: Georgian, <laughs> Dare <I say> <laughs> as for me, you can find me uh, on Twitter at waitm117. Waitem, waitem, uh, and articles on penaltyboxradio.com, of course. Most recently, just a nice little uh, fluff piece on the Washington. Game nice mm. report cards. I wouldn't say a fluff piece. I wouldn't say fluff. You know, no, it wasn't fluff.
1: Not uh, not too. It was the it was an easy report card story yes. where everything went well, but right. still,
0: yeah. And Part I I figured journalism. since I did that one, you were gonna do today, yesterday's, I but you already. It. I guess you've already written two articles, so yeah. yeah the two still, articles kind of still my fault.
1: The the five thousand is like a thousand words. The the clutch one's like two and a half thousand. Like it gets up there.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Johansson one just kept kept coming. Just words kept coming. <laughs> Uh, I guess we should also plug our Tableau page because you can find all kinds of cool uh, graphs and visuals about how the team's shaping up. Uh, And it's been updated quite recently. Michael's done a really good job. Well, I get bored sometimes and do it. Uh, Yes, so that uh, public. Yes. (laughs) From Thanksgiving. When I met his family, (laughs) it was really cute. Uh, My special friend, George. (laughs) Uh, Public.tableau.com. Slash profile slash george dot You can
1: you can find it on both
0: of our Twitter. Yes, pages. or you can just click it from the Twitter profiles. Anyway, thanks so much for listening and uh, we'll try to be back next week sometime.